The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, everybody? Welcome to our Dynasty Sells video. Today, Tom and I are going to be going over three players each that we feel like you should sell before this upcoming season because not that we think they're bust, but we think their value will take a little bit of a drop, will take a hit. So without further ado, Tom, let's just jump right in and you start with your first player that you believe is a Dynasty sell. All right, so like you just alluded to, we are not saying these these players are bad at football whatsoever. I'm swinging for the fences a little bit with my sells. I like to sell high on some guys. So my first guy is Chase Claypool, and Robbie is immediately upset. Last year he was a wide receiver 25. However, you have Deontay Johnson, who I feel like is a better wide receiver, coming in at wide receiver 21. Juju came back. He's wide receiver 26. He has by far the worst catch rate between the three coming in at 56.9%. He gets the least amount of targets per game, only 6.1. Deontay is going to be your target monster in PPR formats. That's who you want. 9.6. Juju's coming in at 8. I know Juju's probably going to leave after next year, so that's a little bit of a debate. But, again, that opens it up for somebody like Robbie to be like, okay, Juju's leaving next year. Claypool's going to step up. He was uber efficient last year, 14.1 yards per reception, and he had a 6.8 TD rate per per reception, which is absolutely insane. Every 6.8 balls that he caught went for a touchdown. DK was at 12.9% for reference. We have a declining arm in Ben Roethlisberger. He had five touchdowns in two games, three of which were against my Philadelphia Eagles. One was rushing, so he had four total, and he had only four in the remaining 14 games. So... They're bringing in Najee Harris. Four out of his nine receiving touchdowns were from 11 yards and in. I think Najee's going to cut into that. He's still got a ton of people out there that love him. His trade value is very good. It's still high. So you know what? I'm going to go. I'm just going to say sell high on Chase Claypool. Uh, I I would sell him to Robbie if I had him in a league we were in. And you know what? We would both probably be very happy. So yeah, my first guy's Chase Claypool. I'm not screwed around. No, you are not. That is a hot name to start this out because he's one of the guys that I'm just really excited about. Um, I I definitely think he can take that next step. Uh, One thing you mentioned was his uh, catch percentage. It was dismal at like 57% or something like that. And I think that can improve. Um, in his second season, you, you see that Jerry Judy had had the same thing. Uh, Jalen Rager, we see sometimes rookies don't have the best catch percentage. They're kind of learning the system, trying to figure things out at the NFL level. And so I do think that can take a step up. And then you also mentioned Big Ben's arm. He was recovering up from that elbow surgery. I think that's been a, a lot of talk this offseason was he wasn't 
at his complete self. And that offensive system um, was was just about a lot of dink and dunk. So those two factors really limited Chase Claypool's upside of getting down the field um, and, and just getting deep shots as much as he can. And, and I think he will in the future years. And so I think with Matt Canada coming in at OC, I hope that they do that. So we're on different sides of the fence there uh, with that player, but I do respect it because he is, um, you know, wide receiver 25. So basically a top going as a top uh, 24 uh, wide receiver two wide receiver. So um, I definitely think that is a name uh, that you could move if you were not hot to trot on him. I will open things up. Not as, not as bold as you, but I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers, who's quarterback 15 in DLF's ADP. So Aaron Rodgers is obviously in the news a lot right now. He thinks he might hold out or there are people think he might hold out, but uh, honestly, I think this whole situation resolves itself. We've heard Aaron Rodgers has had issues before. He's not happy with the organization. He wants something to change. And so if it does, which I think it does, um, he's right back in there. And I think people will keep him at this um, quarterback 15 range. And if it doesn't, he's probably going to another team, right? Broncos has, has been a, a rumored team. Um, there's been a couple other teams as well. But here's, here's my problem with Aaron Rodgers, though. Last season, he had a historic 9.2 TD percentage. Like, that was the highest since 2004, Peyton Manning's MVP season with the Colts. His yards per attempt was an entire yard higher than it's been since 2014. Uh, his sack percentage was at the lowest of his entire career. Uh, he rushed for three touchdowns, which he hadn't done ever in his career, or the most since 2016. So I think there's a lot of statistics that even if he does come back to this exact same offense, he's going to regress statistically. And then, you know, we obviously have the holdout rumors. I, I think he comes back and plays before week one. Um, but there is obviously that little piece to, to add to why you would sell. And it's not like you're selling for where Tom Brady's at, where Big Ben's at, where um, some of these other quarterbacks who are 37, 38, and, you know, Tom Brady's up there in his 40s. Um, but, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to be 38 this upcoming season. We all saw Rivers, Eli Manning, Big Ben. They all kind of hit the 39- and 40-year-old marks, and, and two of them fell off a lot, and they obviously retired. So I think we're a year or two away from Rodgers hitting that cliff. And if you can sell while he's still right at that fringe QB1, QB2 range, man, that's that's good value um, for someone who I don't think is going to be a starting quarterback for fantasy teams here in a couple of years. So I'm with you as far as selling Aaron Rodgers. It's just the return, which is why I think he's a, he's a tough sell. So you have to find a very specific situation where it's a contender and they need that, you know, QB2 probably. They're not going to want him as a QB1 uh, just because of the – there's some risk in there with him because if he does get traded, who knows what team he's going to go to. I don't think he's going to wind up getting traded. I think he's going to go back to Green Bay. But at the same time, there's that chance. And then there's that chance that he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Jeopardy it is. It'd be crazy. But if he just decides to retire, then you trade for him and you're screwed. So that's the thing I think I'm thinking about if I'm buying Aaron Rodgers. So that's why I think it limits the uh, what you're going to get back for him. Yeah, I think give this a little bit of time. He's probably not a dynasty sell uh, for your full value right now. Give him another month. Uh, he decides he's going to come back. They give him a new deal. Uh, they work something out. And now he's coming back and everyone's looking at his 2020 stats and they're saying, let's fire it up. He's got Amari Rogers in there at wide receiver, um, you know, another year. Um, with, with Robert Tunyon and, and some of these offensive weapons, Aaron Jones running it back with them. I, I think a lot of people will just be pumped up for his 2021 value that you can sell him to a contender and you can get that that low-end QB1, early QB2 
um, value in return. Uh, I'm going to go on to my second sell. We're going to go with Debo Samuel out here, wide receiver, San Francisco, the wide receiver two in San Francisco and the third weapon out there. Uh, so he only has averaged four targets a game through two seasons. And that is just not promising. I, I feel like he's just a poor man's Curtis Samuel. His yards per reception fell to 11.8 from 14.1 in his rookie season. Uh, we have Brandon Ayuk again. He's emerges as the clear wide receiver one there. Trey Lance, we're going to have a rookie QB that's going to drive his value down further if he gets in there. If not, it's Jimmy G. Uh, if he plays, you know, if, if Lance plays early, Debo's, I think he's just going to the tank. I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be more insulated because of how he finished last season with his value. He only played three games with Jimmy G last year as far as Debo. He averaged 6.3 targets, 4.3 receptions, and 50 yards a game. Uh, only one receiving touchdowns. That's that's not great, Bob. So the best game of his career by far was week 11 against the Rams last year. He went for 11 for 133. We're like, okay, Debo's looking good. No Brandon Ayuk, no George Kittle. They were both out that week. So somebody out there in your league likes him. I'd include him in another deal and upgrade somewhere, uh, and I wouldn't think twice about it. I'm not just trying to sell Debo for like a, a second or third round pick necessarily. I'm trying to add him on to something to improve and you know find that guy who liked Debo as a rookie and then go from there. No, that's not a bad one either. Um, I'm sure you know I, I've talked about it a couple times. I'm I'm not the highest on kind of that trio uh, of guys with Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo just for that reason where they're not a high-powered passing offense, and those are three big names that haven't all really succeeded when they're all on the field together. So uh, with with Debo being the, the lowest of those three, um, he's obviously the easiest to attain or the cheapest value, but um, he's somebody that could absolutely fall off a cliff if he's the, the least involved of the three as well. So. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For my second guy, I will bring to the table Miles Gaskin, running back 25 in DLF ADP. And, you know, Miles Gaskin is a name that I feel like you go back a year ago and people are like, who? The, the seventh round pick from Miami? Miles? Yeah, he was good at Washington, right? Yeah, like, no, this this guy was, was kind of dead in the waters his rookie year and then through a lot of different – um, injuries and departures, he ends up taking over the job in Miami and, and does pretty well, I would say, more from a pass-catching standpoint. He honestly wasn't that great as a runner. As much as we hype up Miles Gaskin, you know, as this really sleeper back and he's taking over the backfield, they didn't add anybody. You know, he, he had a 4.1 yards per carry. He had six broken tackles on 140 attempts. That's um, one of the lowest rates for starting running backs. Uh, again, he's a seventh-round pick, so there's no draft capital. You know, if he manages to hang on to the job this year, which I don't think is a, a, a sold thing because 
I'm a Savannah Ahmed fan. Uh, they brought in Malcolm Brown. I think it'll be a little bit more of a committee than people want to say. And if you know he doesn't get it done right out the gates, they have no problem handing it off to Savannah Ahmed after the game that he had in replacement for Miles Gaskin last year. So if he does hang on to the job this year, I don't think he does in 2022. I think they'll address the running back position. They were dead last two years ago in, in rushing. They were 22nd this past year. So they've got to make a move uh, to help Tua and that offense out with that running game. And I just don't think Miles Gaskin is it. I, I don't trust that talent, even though he has the opportunity. I think it's going to be short-lived. Uh, so for my last name, I'm going to spice it up a bit. I'm going to go with DLF's tight end seven with Noah Fant. Uh, Robbie is, you know, he's a Noah Fant fan, so he hates me. It's fine. He hates me anyway. Tom, this what nothing... are you doing? Chase Claypool is one Listen. thing, but Noah Fant, that's enough. You're cut off. Listen, this has nothing to do with his talent at all and everything to do with what's around him. So you have Cortland Sutton returning, who almost assures me that he's not going – Noah Fant's not going to sniff 93 targets this year with, with Cortland Sutton coming back. Jerry Judy is looking really good, apparently. He's getting the, the most targets out there with Teddy Bridgewater. And then we have we have to talk about, you know, uh, Hamler is actually going to, to steal some more. And who do we have at running back now? Javante? Oh, we have Javante, who was very good through the air. So they just added a lot of targets through the air, and I just don't like that. So he's going to ha have to be really efficient. And in the red zone, sure, he's going to catch touchdowns and everything, but you still have all those other weapons there. So, again, I love the talent, but at tight end seven in most leagues that are completely devoid of tight end talent. I'm going to try and sell him. Specifically, I would try and upgrade to TJ Hawkinson. Work something out where Noah Fant and a pick or something and get TJ Hawkinson because I think he's more insulated. You know, his value is going to rise this year and he's going to be probably top four or five tight end. What's interesting is you didn't bring up, I think, the biggest point against Fant. And I think that's the questions at quarterback. You didn't say the name Drew Locke at all. And I, I think this is a really pivotal year for Drew Locke. I'm not on the side that says he's going to be out and Teddy Bridgewater's taking over. I think he could, he has a chance to succeed with all these weapons in his third year, um, kind of second year as a starter, honestly. Um, he only had 13 games this last year and five his rookie year. So really just has a full one full season under his belt. So I don't think the book's written on him yet. I think he can succeed. And, and that offense, you know, you think they're kind of a play a good defense, run the ball a lot, but they did throw 550 I think it was 556 times last year, which you know isn't amazing. It's not like the 600 times like that uh, Dallas was trending on Falcons and some of these other teams, but it's right there, middle of the pack. It's not uh, on the lower end like a Minnesota Vikings team. So um, I do think they throw enough where Fant can get um, close to those targets, especially if you add in the 17th game. Right, he'll probably hit that, but on a per game basis, uh, is probably what you're saying that he won't see those targets. So I think I'm also he'll be not, again. I want to go back to saying I'm not saying he's bad at football and he's going right. to be bad at fantasy. I'm just saying I, I think it's a good time to sell Noah Fant. That's all it is. And if I yep. was going to sell him, I would try and upgrade at the tight end position. I think I think uh, kind of like Chase Claypool, man, I'm on the opposite side. Where I'll, I'll take that trade with you. Um, I will bring my third player uh, to the table here and round this out. Here's my hot one. It's Michael Thomas, wide receiver 13. So one of the higher names on this list, higher ranked uh, names in ADP right now. And here's the thing. Michael Thomas is a volume receiver. He, he just is. In his first four seasons, he averaged nine and a half targets a game. And in 2019, when he was the wide receiver one, he had 11 and a half targets per game that, that season and with a 78% catch rate. So we're talking about a guy that just gets peppered a lot and he caught a lot of those targets. 
That was with a quarterback who averaged 84% of his throws were on target throws. Only 10% of, of Drew Brees' throws were considered bad throws. Now he gets Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. And, and I think most of us are, are thinking Jameis Winston gets first crack at that. And so Jameis Winston, as we know, not as accurate as Drew Brees, but it's even more than that. He's way less accurate than Drew Brees, like insanely less accurate, right? He's he not a, quite as accurate as Drew Brees. I'm just, I'm just sugarcoating. He may have thrown 78 interceptions in a year. Right? He uh, he had 69 nice, 0.9% of his throws were on target. So we're dropping over 10% of, of throws are on target. And get this, here's the one that really boggles my mind. 20.6% of his throws were considered bad throws. And that's double of what Drew Brees has. So now uh, we have less efficiency uh, at the quarterback position for a volume-based receiver, right? Now, next is Drew Brees was more of a short field thrower. Jameis is obviously opposite. He's a guy that slings the ball down the field. Uh, he throws it down the field early and often, as we saw in his Tampa Bay days. Michael Thomas might be that only guy in town, but even though he is, the Saints don't have a, a large volume of, of throwing the ball uh, in the 2020 season. They were actually 25th in pass attempts with only 33 per game. Even when Drew Brees started, you take the, just the games Drew Brees was at the helm, they still ranked outside the top 20. They only uh, threw it 34 and a half uh, times a game. So I think there's a big chance that you go from their 2019 season where Michael Thomas was a wide receiver one, they're throwing it 36 times per game to what they're doing now. They've kind of evolved that offensive system, especially with Drew Brees out. I just think the efficiency is going to be lower. The passing volume is going to be lower. And wide receiver 13 is just way too generous for this guy. Um, I think it's time to move him before it's too late. He's not old yet. He's 28. So I'm not saying move him because of age, but move him because he's going to drop in value. And then you get the age factor in next year. He's going to plummet quite quickly. So I'm, I'm with you on the sell thing, but with, with the Jameis thing, we're talking about a quarterback who helped Mike Evans sustain stud year after stud year, not necessarily by being the most efficient quarterback, but just by peppering him. Uh, 2015, 148 targets, 173 in 2016, 136 in 2017, 139 in 2018. Went over a thousand yards every single year of his career. So that's what he can wind up doing if he locks in on somebody. Uh, so just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, I get the whole the only show in town argument. It's kind of like Allen Robinson with Chicago, where he's overcome that. No matter that he's the only wide receiver there, bad quarterback play, he's overcome it. Honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna say I don't think Michael Thomas is the same talent as Allen Robinson. I think Michael Thomas is the wide receiver we see right now because he's gotten 185 targets in 2019. He got 148 targets in, in 2018. So I just I just don't think he is quite the receiver that breaks through um, the same Ooh. way Allen Robinson can. So might be a little hot oh. takey, but that is my dynasty sell. Okay. I sell that take. All right. Well, Tom, we didn't agree on everything, which is probably good because now people can kind of uh, chew over all of those thoughts and, and see who they might want to sell. With that in mind, drop in some comments. Tell us what you think about the, the dynasty cells that we had and throw out some names that you guys think are dynasty cells as well. Uh, once again, thank you guys for watching and we hope to see you on the next video. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.